time of the week again. Prepare yourself for the surveyors of saws, the sultans of spaghetti, the whispers in your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What's Your Spaghetti Policy Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Jacob. I would say, sir, that uh, we've had some people on here and, you know, no disrespect to any of those people. And we appreciate every single person that ever comes on here because we're a bunch of fucking jabronis and we're nobodies. But jabronis. <laughs> the fact that you arguably, I mean, I would say, you know, Romero is probably like the first rock star of video games. But like you're like a close second, right? Like you, you're you're slightly older than us, but like you're. To me, anyways, you're like that guy that like has that name recognition in the industry that kind of like went beyond video games for better or for worse. I'm, I would say for better. But um, I mean, the one, the only dude, huge man, like, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, how, how are things? Things are good. Um, the uh, I'm going to get the plugs out of the way real quick. Go right ahead. Oh, dude, I'll the plug pa- away. The paperback of my memoirs dropping on November 7th. Okay. So apparently November is a big month for books. Uh, Scrapper, uh, my comic book about a dog superhero. Uh, the next issue, issue four, is hitting on November uh, 15th. Okay. And, uh, you know, just keeping busy with stuff, you know? Like, it's fucking, it's crazy out there. So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I just finished you, up issue four last night. I hope you liked it, man. I do. I dig it a lot. And you, sh- you should feel special because uh, Jacob here does not read comic books. I can't read very well, That's but... <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, my wife's uh, from Louisiana, um, New Orleans, and they pride themselves on not reading. And meanwhile, in the back of my phone, I have this, I have this sticker. It says book slut because yeah. I love reading. And, yeah, uh, maybe I'm just I from Louisiana is what it is. It's probably what it is. Yeah. Dude, I don't trust anybody that doesn't read or doesn't swear. Oh, um, no, I'm not, and the, th- the thing is, is I, I learned over the years, we've been together for 14 years, that she's an auditory learner. She's in a book club. And like, you know, when it comes, I'll like hold up something on my phone and be like, hey, check out this tweet. And it, I'm like, I can read it like that. And mm-hmm. it, it takes her like three times as long. But when it comes to, you know, her book club, she listens to the books on like 1.5 speed. So it sounds like Alvin and the fucking chipmunks. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's how yeah, she yeah. processes data. You know, and that's, that's everybody learns differently. Um, but for me, the learning the comic book world has been utterly fucking fascinating. And I'm glad you guys are digging it. Yeah. It's um, a, I, I definitely like, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I find all the characters very fun. Like I, I haven't seen a character yet that I don't enjoy. So he wouldn't admit it if he did. I pretty I wouldn't. I, but I'm <laughs> honest enough to tell you I love him. So my, uh, my, my favorite my favorite thing is um there's a lot that I love about it. Like and it, it actually I believe it has heart in it. And the thing is is uh though there's one frame where like the the because the pigeons are like fanboys of Scrapper the dog. Right. And there's one frame they're like, they're like, Senpai noticed me. It's just like, that was all my writing partner, Alex DeCampi, put that part in there. And she's just been absolutely fantastic to work with and to kind of be my Sherpa for the comic book world. Um, And I actually went to NC Comic Con yesterday and I handed out a little scrapper stickers that had a QR code in the back to uh, all the local comic shops to be like, hey, you know, if Image isn't supplying you, just scan this and you can check it out. And so it seems to be selling out in a lot of places. So that's a good sign. That's always good. 
Yeah, we'll see how to um, a meeting with um, a certain streaming service to talk about possibly making it an animated series, which has always been the goal. And then eventually possibly a video game or toy line. So we'll see where it goes. Fingers crossed. Man, it's dope as hell. Like, I love the ambition because like you and I have not, I wouldn't want to say similar past, but like, so you backed my Kickstarter. I don't know if you remember right here, Polar Destroyer. I actually don't. Uh, it's fine, but you backed it and retweeted it. So I bring all this up because your retweet pretty much put it over the edge as far as hitting its goal. And so, yeah, so, at, so first of all, thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it's my first go around in the, in, in, in comics and doing this. And it took me 10 years to get from like concept stage to like Kickstarter and look like, I still kind of don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I've like written the whole thing. I've got an artist doing the whole thing, but one of the things I was curious about with you as, as someone who has, you know, you worked for years and years and years in the video game industry. And then like, you have this idea to do this comic book, like what are some of the similarities, but also did you have to learn a different skill as far as not being married to this? Like, you, you know, you have this idea for scrapper and like, I have this idea for like polar destroyer and like what Jack is and for like from beginning to end. And then it's like, okay, so then you hand it over to the, the script over to the artist and it's like, I've had to learn not to be married to like, okay, it has to be this way. It has to be this way. Like, you know, sort of like a, a bend don't break, but also like there's certain things when he's doing panels and sending me like, um, like sketches and he's like, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's like, man, I really think that this is important. But then there's other things where we've had to like completely redo like two or three pages to fit what he's trying to do because he's also looking at it a different way. Absolutely. Yeah, so th th there's a lot there, man. Um, first Sorry. off, a I, I don't I don't recall retweeting and plugging you. Um, but B, um, uh, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't like what I saw. Um, C, the internet loves to paint me as a giant asshole. Uh, and D, if I can help out, you know, somebody who, who's on the up and up and kind of you know give them a little nudge, you know, more power to them because you know I was that guy working at my uh, at my mother's house in the 1990s, right? Um, yeah. The thing about the creative process is that for me if i'm if i work alone in a vacuum i'm not that good like the gears of war franchise was great because i was working with lee perry roger ferguson like uh, chris perna uh, you know all, just the whole team right and you know having the right partner alex DeCampi, like has been amazing but the thing is is it's kind of like a marriage honestly you have to have that like that give and take you know mm -hmm. like one of the, there's some elements of scrapper that i wanted in there where you know he becomes kind of a folk hero um, and people start painting like Banksy style uh, logos around the city and saying, beware. Right. Um, but we didn't have time to fit that in. Right. You know, I wanted more villains. I wanted, uh, you know, to see if Scrapper has siblings and things like that. And Alex is like, we only have 24 pages per fucking issue, dude. And, you know, she is a very intense, badass, intelligent, cerebral woman. And she, her and I just bounce off of each other. Like we go to dinner in Manhattan and we're like, you know, in a good way, blah, 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 you know, ranting off each other. And she's, you know, she's a director too. She's directed music videos and things like that. She's, she's, she's an absolute workhorse. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, learning the process of, you know, the, the framing of the paneling, you know, page three, four panels, top left, uh, you know, top right, bottom, you know, and the, the whole language of comic books, the way, you know, sometimes you set up something with the, the word bubble of like, and then something happened and then you turn the page and boom, big splash, something exciting happens. Uh, and that's just, for me, it, it, the thing I've learned from video games, especially when I was working on single player video games, it comes down to pacing. It's the same thing with movies, TV, comics, video games, 
dating even right like you know you got you have to in comedy stand-up comedy you just went to a stand-up show the other night just learning how to do that it's 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 such a fucking art form and having a knack for that so that's my fucking ted talk that's right i said it <laughs> <laughs> hey listen I, I i feel like if there's anyone who has the right to sort of say something like with an absolute it, it's you i feel like your your bona fides sort of speak for themselves at this point in terms of everything you've done and as for as long as you've done it and like Another uh, two, this is a two prong thing. Like another fascinating thing you get, you said you get painted as an asshole, but I will go ahead and say that sometimes I do too as well, but I also get painted as, um, a, like I'm a little, what's the word, Jacob? I'm, I'm, I'm very harsh on things and I like my standards are too high when it comes to like any sort of sturdy. entertainment. I would say sturdy. You're very sturdy on your, on, on like what you I get a reputation of saying that yeah. I don't like anything. And it's not that I don't like anything. It's just that I think that things should be better and more so now than ever, because in the, oh, in dude. the <laughs> by the way, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard the word sturdy in quite some time. Like, <laughs> am I putting together a desk for my Kia or some shit? Um, <laughs> That's all I so, do is put together desks. The thing is, is, uh, you know, if you're a creative, you know, and you see other stuff that, that you feel could be better. Like uh, I've said this in many other podcasts. I'm a big believer. And there's this uh, basketball coach that died of cancer named Jimmy Valvano. And he did this SB speech. And he said, if you do three things in one day, laugh, think and cry. If you do that seven days a week, you're living a good life. And when I, you know, when I sit down in a movie theater or we have a good setup uh, at our house and whatnot, or, you know, like I go to a stand-up comedy show, I want to do all three things one day, you know, and I, I want to be like, you know, remember in Donnie Darko, the old movie where like the, the CG thing comes out of his chest and kind of pulls it. I, yeah. I want somebody to make me feel, and I'll deliberately go to YouTube and look up like, you know, the opening scene from up, you know? And, and I, yeah, so one of the, yeah. and we, it's not cool to like things, right? Like that's the world in which you live, unless you're a Swifty, because I am a Swifty for the record. That's fine. Let's uh, go. She's, she, 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 she's a fucking goddess. Um, the thing is, is uh, I just I want some entertainment that motivates me. And one of the YouTube channels that I, 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 I click on repeatedly is called The Critical Drinker. And he's this guy. I think he's like Scottish. Right. And he's been ripping into Marvel lately. And, you know, as somebody who's entering the uh, dude, as somebody like there's so much stuff that they've been churning out. Like I haven't felt anything since Infinity War. Like in it's like, we've, it's like the exact same thoughts we talk about it all like, the time since since I I am Iron Man like yeah. boom yeah. done right like but like so much of it just feels like I, like She Hulk I'm like yeah no um, Moon Knight I have the comics sitting in my kitchen I'm like I, I maybe I'll get around to it um, but there's and, and DC has its own issues too um, you know for and I'm friend good friends with Jim Lee Jim Lee gave me a quote from my books. I literally have a, an image of Jim, that Jim drew of my wife as a superhero in my office. But like for every Wonder Woman one, there's Wonder Woman what was in 1984, you know, like which was mm -hmm. I'm sorry, eh, it just wasn't working for me. And so that's the thing is, you know, the, the Zack Snyder fans are rabid and they're they're crazy. Like every day, I'm, <laughs> every day it's trending. And uh, you know, Zack he expressed interest in adapting the Gears of War franchise to a movie and i'm like you know i think zach is at his best when he's adapting material when zach does things like sucker punch eh. yeah it's actually a fun story i was actually i think it was the warner lot um and i got to go into his office when he was working on sucker punch and I, he showed me some of the art from it and zach is a very visual guy sure you know i think when it comes to straight up narrative it's kind of uneven um and he showed me the images of sucker punch and i'm like this is either going to be the best movie ever or like eh. 
And no, it turns out it was the latter. Right. Um, <laughs> it just, it was just his opportunity to fetishize these young women in a weird way um, and show off cool CG. Um, but you know, his adaptation of what was the Dawn of the Dead and, you know, 300 were fucking amazing. Right. Um, and it's, you know, he's a very talented dude. Um, but you know, it's like me, I need the right people to bounce off of. Right. And that's the thing, you know, you'd mentioned, you know, partnering with, you know, your artist, like it, there needs to be that symbiotic relationship, not a parasitic relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's one of the things I found over, over the years when I find somebody like that, you know, when I, you know, did jazz jackrabbit way back in the nineties, you know, I had a really good crew, you know, I had an amazing programmer, had a great artist to work with and a great music uh, guy who was also acting as the producer. And so, you know, that's the thing you, you want, you want the fucking Beatles. And for the record, I hate the fucking Beatles. I prefer the stones, but you know what I'm getting at. You, I yeah. You. Yeah. I, I agree. I think the, the Beatles in that, in that sense are important, but a bit tad bit overrated. Um, you mentioned Moon Knight. You, I mean, you don't know me from fucking John on the street, but Moon Knight has been my guy since uh, for a long, long time, way before he was ever a thought in the MCU. Um, you can imagine my displeasure when uh, I watch the show, but I'm also going to, I know you like to throw names around Jed McKay, who's the current writer. He's been on the podcast three times and we've become sort of uh, quasi friends, I guess. I don't know. He's just like, well, yeah, hey, I'll come on and no problem. We talk about Moon Knight all the time. He's also writing Avengers and Doctor Strange. And um, oh, cool. yeah, so he's, you know, he's a pretty rad dude. He also backed my book too. So that made me feel really good. But, <laughs> um, you know, in the age of streaming and like one of your, mo uh, well, let me, let me reverse it. The reason I brought the whole thing up about, you know, call it, you know, you say, well, if people want to paint you an asshole. It's because you're not afraid and which is rare for someone in your position, because I mean, let's be honest, you are a very notable person and someone of your stature to openly criticize and be like, no, that shit sucks. Or like, no, nah, it's not my thing. Whereas most people are kind of afraid, especially like, you know, in, in your position to be like critical of anything, because there's always that opportunity that you may work or, or, or lobby for a job at some point down the street. But you've like maintained for so long. And maybe that's part of the, the cult hero or the not notability that you've sort of garnered is that like while some people may think you're an asshole like you're still like you though like you've still not lost yourself and who you are i mean i didn't know you 30 years ago but like seeing your you know the growth from when i first saw you like you know with unreal and all the way up through through gears and everything else where you're still you like you're still like un unequivocally you and you kind of don't give a shit not in a sense that you don't give a shit it's just like you're not a you're just like you're one of the few people who's not afraid to be like, dude, this shit's terrible, man. Like, like dude, is this is this entire podcast going to be you guys blowing smoke up my ass or what? I mean, I don't think you need it, but I, I think, you know, but, like, so, but yeah, <laughs> you make a very valid point, right? Because I have a hard time not putting out my opinion, especially if I, I've had a couple cocktails. My wife and I have a rule. If we've had two drinks, no, tw no tweets, right? Okay. And I'm not going to call it X. Elon Musk is a douche. That's right. I said it. Dude, Thank let's God. go. Oh, my God. Okay. You're my favorite <laughs> person. You're my favorite you, person you, so far. You, you never know the true merit of a man than when he gets fuck, 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 fuck you money, right? Right. And he's truly, he's come out as just, I, just a, I can't even fathom. He's fucking, much. he's like, he's Lex Luthor at this point. Um, So the thing is, is like, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because like, I, I have opinions about content and creativity i want i want to feel something i want to be thrilled i want to i want to fucking cry you know like i love uh you know my wife's not the crier in the relationship i again i look for excuses for it because i'm a, maybe i'm a fucking bitch i don't give a shit toxic toxic, <laughs> toxic masculinity bullshit but the thing is i learned over the years i have to kind of dial some of that back because yes I, maybe i might work with some of those people eventually one day but the thing is is um you know 
one of my old designers, Eric Holmes, the guy who designed the video game prototype, he and I worked on a game that wound up getting canceled at Epic about, it's about a girl who uh, could control the world at a molecular level, uh, codenamed Nano, and she had a, a, a essentially a Nano 3D printer in her hand, and she, she used both hands, she could make like a tank or <laughs> summon a gun, shit like that, it was still a pretty fucking cool idea. Um, Sounds awesome. And he told me like whenever he watched a TV show or a movie or read a comic book or play a video game, the people involved were trying to make the best content possible. Sure. And you know, the old adage that says it's far easier to criticize than create. So I've, I, you know, over the years I've dialed back my whole, like this movie sucked thing. Right. And the, 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 the thing about that is that I actually know a lot of people in entertainment these days, you know, I become friends with some celebs and shit. Um, they, you know, they've come to my Comic-Con parties and everything like that. And I have to be like, oh, that was terrible. And I'm like, oh, wait, I know that person. I could, oh, geez, no, don't, don't tweet, don't tweet, don't tweet. It's not as good as I thought it was. I'm going to be, you know, it's like got to really dial back the uh, the criticism there. I get it. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is, you know, I've hung out with James Gunn a bunch of times. Uh, we're Twitter buddies and everything like that. I've been like been to like a party at the Houdini Mansion with him when he's like, I'm working on a video game called Lollipop Chainsaw. And I'm like, okay, next thing I know, <laughs> right? And the same thing uh, goes with, uh, you know, well, so real quick, almost every day on Twitter, Fire James Gunn is trending. And I'm like, that's one thing I've learned about entering the comic book world is like, you know, and same thing with me getting involved in the Broadway world is fandom ultimately starts great and winds up insufferable as as the later stuff happens. Like Broadway fans can be really insufferable. Video game fans, we know. Uh, comic book fans, you know, restore the Snyderverse, blah, 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 blah right? And it's like it's one of those things. I'm like, okay, I guess that's just it comes to the territory. And you know, I'm also a friends with a Joss Whedon. You know, I was a huge Buffy fan yeah. over the years. My and I realized it years ago. Like, you know, I, I have a type. Like, I always thought Sarah Michelle Gellar was so fucking powerful, and beautiful, and but she's just amazing. And then like I found my wife, and then I put two and two together, and I'm like, oh, it's all making sense now. They look very, very similar. <laughs> um, and then somehow became friends with Seth Green, and I got a quote from Seth Green for one of the comic books. And, and the thing is, is uh, you know, Joss is currently in movie jail um, because you know Joss allegedly cheated on his wife. Shit happens, but apparently he was a dick to some of the cast members on the various shows he worked on. And I'm like, look, sometimes in order to get shit done, especially if you have bazillion dollars at stake, you have to be a dick. You have to be like, okay, here's how shit's gonna go. Get, get your ass in fucking line, especially if you're spending 16 hours a day on set. Same thing with fucking video games. Same thing with, you know, tech, anything in technology. And to some extent, comic books. That's why Alex DeCampi has been so fucking amazing to work with. Because, you know, artists can be a little bit flaky. You know, that's why they're artists. You know, and so but what she does is she, you know, she's like, okay, here's the deadline, kids. Let's fucking do this, Team Scrapper. And then, boom, we hit the deadline. And then, you know, step three profit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, I mean... Do you have any aspirations to do your own Kickstarter or is that something you want to stay away from? I am fortunate enough that I have enough money right. that I don't want to do a Kickstarter because if I'm the guy who is known for having Lamborghinis, um, which I sold, by the way, because they're an absolute fucking waste of money. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm like, this is the first time I've ever talked to somebody who's actually drove a Lamborghini before. So it's driven. not like what, like what drift. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know English very well either. I'm just not a good human being. Uh, like, what is it like What uh, driving a Lamborghini? Is it... You know, it's a it's a giant pussy magnet is what it is. OK. All right. That's fair. So the thing is, is that um, eventually, um, you know, I, I had uh, uh, LP 560 uh, spider. 
Uh, and then I would drive that up and down. Like there's this area in uh, Raleigh called Glenwood South. And this is like, it's kind of like, you know, the strip, right? This is where all the bars are. This is where all the, all the women are at. Blah, blah, blah. And I just drive it up and down there being like, yo, what's up girls. You want to ride? Hop in. I was <laughs> kind of slipped into ice tea mode there for a second. <laughs> and, uh, and I lived, I lived in a pretty, yo, what's up? Check out the ass on Coco. She got an ass inside of Alaska. Um, <laughs> anyway, we would, uh, I had a condo like right there on Glenwood and, uh, I had it professionally decorated. I had the Lamborghini, you know, I was working out hard, you know, I had a beautiful dog and I, you know, roll up on girls and I did up my share of all the stupid dating and basically drowning in a sea of pointless pussy, uh, until the love of my life showed up. And uh, yeah, I knew she was the one for me, not only from her being a huge nerd who builds computers and is so sweet and kind and from New Orleans and has a big old butt. That's right. I said it. Um, but <laughs> the first time I took her into the parking deck and uh, she saw the Lamborghini, she goes, that's cute. What's that? And so she wasn't one of those like, you know, skanks that were like, oh, my God, this is Cliff. He made <laughs> World of Gears and he drives a Lamborghini, you know, those types. Right. Because um, that shit got really fucking old. And um, and then, you know, eventually moved to a big, stupid mansion in the suburbs. Um, and the thing is, is the, the, the Lambos, I mean, the thing is, they are amazing cars. I used to have a Dodge Viper and the Dodge Viper is great if you're going fast in a straight line. The second you try and terminate your fast, you're fucked. Oh right. But the Lambos, <laughs> man, like they they were they were awesome. Uh, the Mississippi, I went up eventually with two, the LP560. And then I wound up with an Aventador. The first one I had was orange. And then the second one was uh, kind of this cobalt blue. Uh, you know, you ever watch a Silicon Valley, you know, doors that go up like this. Right. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a stupid design because if you wanted to take the top off, it was two parts and you had to put it in the boot of the front of the car. And then like, whereas meanwhile, Ferrari has the whole thing where like you hit the button and it just goes. Anyway, um, you know they, they have paddle shifters now, so you don't even have to do the whole stick shift thing. That's the um, fun part of driving a manual is the stick shift. So I don't know, like I mean, like well, I get it, like the paddle would be fun, but like <laughs> when I was driving my Ford Escort. Yeah, it always feels like you're driving a race car, but it was like, it was a Ford Escort. It wasn't a race yeah. car. But I just I eventually came to the conclusion that driving is fucking stupid, um, and, and <laughs> okay, cars are an absolute waste of time and money. And um, sure. you know we 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 have two Mercedes now, which are just you know to, to go to like CVS and shit. Sorry, okay. morning. <laughs> good this is the podcast this is, this what is we a do. pod baby that's that's it yeah hey I'm, i have a fucking mimosa deal with it um <laughs> and the thing is just realizing how flawed the system of driving is it's like okay we're gonna take these people and allow them to be in this like multi-ton vehicle that has explosives in it <laughs> and we're gonna account like assume that they're gonna be sober or not distracted or not on their fucking phones right and uh and we're gonna put paint these lines in the road and hope they stay within the fucking lines and we're gonna hope they obey the lights and you know, we'll have a few cops out there and maybe we'll bust people occasionally. I don't know. And then we're going to have a DMV you're going to have to deal with. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck this shit. I have a car service in town that I use. I just call them. I'm like, yo, we're going here tonight. And the SUV rolls up, driver rolls up. If I want to, I could bring a fucking drink in the fucking car. And, uh, you know, I, I never drink and drive. Uh, I believe it's, if you do that, you're a fucking douche. Um, and I've, one of my favorite, I'm, I'm spinning out right now, but go ahead. One of my YouTube channels that I follow is one of the dash cam ones where it's cops pulling uh, people over and it's, it's okay. usually, usually drunk women. Uh, and they, you know, they can't like enunciate their fucking words and they're like, you know, just looking fucking out of it. And they're like, I'm not Jack. Do you know who my dad is? Call my dad, call my dad. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, eating the popcorn, like drinking the tea <laughs> and, 
And it's just, it always ends poorly. Like, you can't arrest me, Dino. My dad owns this island, the kind of shit, right? Oh, and, they uh, always, they like, always get arrested, though, at the end. Oh, Rose. dude, it's the fucking best. I, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I want a video game where, like, and that's the thing is I've seen so many videos of, you know, unarmed black kids being shot by cops in the back. And I'm, I'm so fucking over that shit. You know, they say yeah, a few bad apples. It's like, I respect cops. I respect what they do on a day-to-day basis. But these videos that I've been watching restore my faith in police work because these the ones that i've seen have the patience of job as they say from the bible like they're fucking great and they know how to handle these fucking drunken idiots and i'm like dude i remember my fucking first beer like jesus christ get your shit together motherfucker so yeah. anyway that's that that's 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 another ted talk <laughs> hey i mean this is this is kind of your show at this point it's fine i mean you know we, we're strapped on time a little bit but um to like sort of bring it back a little bit um you notably said that like the one of the main reasons why you got out of the gaming industry was because everyone had become so jaded, both gamers and the people you worked with. And I think that is not mutually exclusive to the industry itself, but I wanted to pick your brain on something where like this year alone, it's probably the most profitable that the video games industry has ever been. But every week it's like, Oh, you know, Bungie's laying off people or, you know, such and such, such and such. And it's like the worst time to ever be, within the industry because it, that in and itself is like as great as it's been i'm pretty sure you're probably not you probably don't play games as much as you used to if at all um but like it kind of has the same issue as like tv and, and movies where like yeah everything's great but everything's the same man like there's no risk being taken anymore there's no money in it right and then so everything just becomes so wish washy and like oh yeah Dude, there, there, there's like 16 layers of what you, you just go like ahead. laid up laid up for me so like <laughs> go ahead back up so um i i i have two modes i have uh play video game mode and then i have uh uh fucking comic book and book mode right right currently burning through john romero's uh, memoir which there's a surprising amount of venn diagram overlap with the people we knew and the things we did in our careers uh, and he's, he's just a fucking legend. Uh, he he broke the mold for, you know, rock star video game designers. Anyway, right. um, the thing is, is, you know, the gamers expect better and better graphics, more and more features. And, but they also still want it for 60 bucks. And I've seen the numbers when I had my own studio. Like, in, you, the, you look at the cost of living and game developers deserve to be able to feed their fucking families. Sure. And the, the numbers at some point just don't add up. And that's where microtransactions and stupid seasons start coming in. And it's one of those things that, you know, people complain about it nonstop online, but they keep throwing money at it. And it just, it doesn't add up. And the thing about, you know, like talking to um, certain streaming service, you know, about Scrapper, you know, there's so many great TV series that come out on streaming services that are canceled almost automatically after two seasons. Right. And it's one of those things that like, uh, the thing about Breaking Bad that was great was Vince Gilligan's like, okay, I I know the start point. I know the end point. This is going to be hit. Let's fucking do this, right? And so, uh, but the thing is, is, you know, I I know the start and end point of Scrapper and hopefully whoever I partner with for the animated series, which should be relatively affordable to make, by the way. That's also the thing is, you know, I I, I have a PS5 sitting upstairs in our video game room, right? I haven't touched it once because the only only thing I play is my Switch these days. You know, I literally have uh, the new Mario sitting in my kitchen fully charged. So once I I finish Romero's book, (laughs) I'm going to sit at a pub with the missus and she's going to be, do- she has like 16 devices. She's like a device addict. She's going to be, she's working on a novel and a graphic novel and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, she's pretty awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to be playing Mario. She's going to be working on her stuff, you know, you know, nursing a beverage. And uh, that's the thing is I just, you know, 
I love being in public. I love being driven. And the thing is, is, you know, I'm, I just got tired of the video game industry. You know, boss key fucking broke me. You know, I was, I'm still, you know, friends with the, the vast majority of the people that I employed. You know, we have a text thread that we, we, we go back and forth on and the internet just thought it was fucking hilarious that my studio crumbled. And meanwhile, my dog, you know, behind me, uh, that's the shrine for him. Uh, my dog was declining, you know, my studio was crumbling. Uh, you know, at least my marriage was intact. And that's the thing is, um, fucking, you know, it was shot and fraud for the internet, you know, and I'm like, you know, YouTube videos, you know, hot takes, you know, rockstar game designer studio fails. Ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, yeah, eat it, eat it, eat a bag of dicks, motherfuckers. Huge bag. So, yeah. You, so I'm yeah. Like, I, I have enough money now to be like, fuck you. Cheers. Well, that's the thing, man. Like you, you, you reach the kind of the mountaintop, the pinnacle of the industry that you always wanted to be in. And you are, you've worked really hard to get there and you don't have to do anything right like you have there's nothing that you have to do so you're just like okay well fuck it i'm gonna go to broadway for a while and then i don't think you get enough credit for like lit i mean like the complete 180 from going from the games industry into like the into broadway has got to be like mind-blowing i'm sure there's a lot of similarities in there but then you're just like you know what fuck i'm gonna do comic books fuck i'm gonna write a book and it's just like you're not to blow more smoke up your ass, but like, that's the dream, right? Like we, we only have so much fucking time on this goddamn rock and to be able to just be like, fuck it. I'm going to do uh, it. You, you, you forgot the restaurants too. Sorry. Um, that, sorry. That's right. The two bars in Raleigh, right? Sorry. Oh, no. I was, I was yeah. reading your Wikipedia page earlier. I'm sorry. Oh dude, <laughs> hang on. How, how does was, that feel? I was, I was, I was on Accutane as a teenager. So my lips are always dry. It fucks with your endocrine Same, system dude. permanently. Oh man. Dude, that's that's why I was like I, I dove into the video game world and making video games because I wasn't getting laid because I had bad acne. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> uh, it's just I, I love I it. Do anything with my time, dude. I love it. Like my th my biggest thing is I hate seeing wasted potential, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, when I see somebody who like could go far, right? Like Lauren has uh, uh her her younger sister is uh she builds sets in la right and she's awesome she looks like fucking hermione she's charismatic as hell super creative and she's doing great and i helped introduce her to her last two boyfriends uh the first one was a guy named steve kazee who's now married to jenna Dewan. um he was in a musical called once on broadway won uh a tony and a grammy for his performance he was if you watched um uh shameless he was the guy who sang the fuck you fiona song Great guy. Um, anyway, she broke his heart, but then he found Jenna Dewan. They have a baby and they're happy now. Fine, whatever. But now she's with Ryan Ridley, who is one of the key writers on Rick and Morty, uh, who oh, nice. they met at the at my Comic-Con party that Justin Roiland and, and um, Alex Hirsch and I would throw. Um, and they've been together for years now, and they're very, very happy. Uh, Ryan recently wrote Renfield. Uh, he's working with Robert Kirkman, uh, obviously, Walking Dead. So it's like, so the Venn diagram, it's like, okay, so my sister-in-law's boyfriend works with robert kirkman who's the president of image comics who's publishing my comic and it's like that's the thing it's you know the term i use is i call it power networking and to, to back up for a second i think about you know like when i i get a troll online right and i i i i'll always click on their fucking profile <laughs> keep that shit in mind and i'm like okay uh joined uh you know uh 2022 six followers and then they just reply to like accounts and they, they're just fucking sad losers. And I'm like, dude, if you took a third of that fucking energy, you spew online oh and actually yeah. focused it onto something productive, like, you know, paint, write, create, program, 
like fucking go go out and touch grass as they say <laughs> love that phrase i got a hat i gotta go find my hat <laughs> it's like, like maybe may, maybe you could fucking figure some shit out like and the thing is, is i fucking started off with a fucking paper route when i was a kid i worked at fucking mcdonald's i fucking was in drama at the same time uh, you know i i worked my ass off all night long you know programming my video games and, and doing the art and everything involved like get off your fucking ass it's like shia labeouf with that video do it just do it just do you it know, and just and don't fucking live on fucking 4chan jerking off to futa porn you fucking chodes <laughs> that's right i said it and uh yeah like i i'm very much a why not person you know and a lot of people sort of surround themselves with why people like like i was very everyone was that I deemed important was very that were very supportive of me launching this Kickstarter. And it was just like, yeah, like, why not do it? Right. But that you've also have tons of people that are like, why would you do that? Why would you write a comic book? And it's like, why not, man? Like, fucking why not? I just dude, that's fuck them. Like, that's oh, the yeah, thing is, dude, life's <laughs> I've had enough loss in my life. You know, I lost my father when I was 15. My mother died recently. I watched my mother in law, who was an amazing woman, decline of cancer during covid um, stage four lung cancer metastasized. She'd fucking never even smoked a day in her fucking life. She, you know, gave me my forever person, right? And that's the thing is, like, you know, you can fucking get hit by a bus tomorrow. And that's the thing is, you know, like, uh, I have this tattoo in my arm. I don't know if you've ever it's seen it online. It's chaos, yeah. Yeah, it. yeah. You know, I became kind of kind of semi-friends with Patton Oswalt, uh, and that comes from his special, Annihilation, where he talks about losing his wife, Michelle. And, you know, her one of the advices, the advice that she gave to him was about the world it's chaos be kind and whenever my wife is pissing me off i do this to remind myself you know like i could wake up tomorrow and she could be gone and mm -hmm. so then i think about you know yeah. I've, I've mentioned this in other podcasts but you know i have you know name drop became friends with karen gillen you know from doctor who and nebula from nebula. Guardians of the galaxy total fucking sweetheart we had lunch with her when she came to galaxy con uh she was just downing a poke bowl before she get, had to get back to her signings <laughs> so charming and beautiful in person and the thing is is uh you know that that episode of doctor who would they take vincent van gogh to the musée d'orsay and they show him you know through the tardis you know in the time travel that you know his work made an impact because throughout his life you know he didn't believe that his work would make a fucking impact and then the actor who looks just like him you know just goes for it and starts sobbing and the music starts swelling in the background and every time i watch that scene you know, I, I get misty eyed because, you know, I, I've said in other podcasts, like, yeah, I like the money. You can see I live in a big, stupid house, blah, 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 blah. But like you want to know that your work makes an impact on people, especially when you're alive, as opposed to your classic artists that their work only makes an impact after they're fucking dead. You know, and, you know, people getting tattoos of something on them, like almost every IP I've made over the years people have gotten tattoos of, which is the ultimate, most flattering fucking thing in the world. And I hope one day. Morty, we'll see. We'll, we'll see a scrapper tattoo on people. Oh, so. give it time. Give it time. Absolutely. To, to sort of piggyback off of this whole thing, there's there's a line. I believe it's issue four. It might be three. You can correct me, but it's we don't choose where we come from, but we do get to decide where we go. And I think that is yeah. so layered and deep in so many ways because I I mean like you know we're like we said we're jabronis we're nobodies but it's like. I have, I have a six-year-old daughter who like absolutely means the world to me. And like kids were never really a, a, like a forefront of like part of my life. But then like once she was born, it's just like everything changed. And like ultimately, you know, you're talking about meaning, like doing stuff that means something to somebody. And it's like, you know, current climate of the world, you know, notwithstanding, but it, like 
your parents always tell you, well, you can do this, you can do that, you can do that. Well, it's like, once this comic book is made, even if I just do the one issue, it's like at the end of the day, you know, when she's older, I can hand her this and be like, look, I fucking did this. Like, you don't just have to do you, like you can literally do whatever you want to like you know aspiring to be an astronaut aspiring to do this present whatever the fuck you want to do is great but like to have a tangible thing that like started from absolute fucking nothing it was like this weird idea in my brain while i'm working a mundane retail job and then like i stuck with it and like i mean you said that you started scrapper and like the, you did it but like you know there was always the extra goal in mind of being like oh it's a you know tv show or an animated show and then it's like well we could do a video game and then we could do this that, and the other Polar Destroyer started as a fucking video game in, in the same vein as like what Shank was, where it's a side scroller beat him up about this fucking polar bear going through and like fucking destroying these penguins and shit. Like, and so then I had to like do a like a, a like a 180 on it because it's like, well, I don't fucking know anybody and I, you know, programming is not my thing. I'm more of the the writing and the, and the visualization of it all. And then it's like, well, maybe it gets there. Maybe it doesn't. But like at the end of the day, I still fucking did it. Right. I still fucking did the thing. And like that is so incredibly hard because everyone has ideas everyone has these illusions of grandeur of like yo and everyone's like yo i could fucking yeah yeah dude i could i can make a video game i can do it better than anybody and it's like fucking do it then you know and it's like that is a lot easier said than done and like sort of a way to just like sort of you know pass it off but like to to like pat myself on the back it's like i fucking did it like at the end of the day i fucking did it and i think that that like we get so wrapped up in criticism present company included that it's like just take some of that energy and be like, okay, well, if you don't think this is good, then like, why don't you do something in the same vein and like, and see, cause like the right, like, honestly, the writing stuff is easy. I'm mean, probably easy for you for my biggest hurdle is money. Right. Cause I've got to pay an artist and I've got to do all this other shit. So like my hurdle is way different than like what your hurdle is, but we're still going towards the same goal at the end of the day, which is just to fucking but, make something real quick. Virtual fist bump. Thanks man. Appreciate so uh, do you, uh, do you own the IP? I don't own it yet. But okay. I do, I do own the copyright based on because I had to learn all this shit too. Based on like as soon as I, as soon as the issue comes out and it is in the hands, I own the copyright. Now okay. trademarks a whole different thing. I got to talk to, I, I talked to yeah. a lawyer and it was a whole sort of thing. But and then um, again, money, money, money. Yeah, money. and then the waiver because the thing is, is with the copyright with how Kickstarter works. Even though I'm the, I'm the creator and the writer, that's Hugo's art, and Hugo also owns the copyright on that stuff. So we own it together based off of that. But then I, I don't know where it comes in. Cause it's like, I've paid him for the art. He's being paid a transaction. It's like, this is his just, job. Just remember, you don't get what you deserve in life. You get, you get what you negotiate. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is, is when it comes to the creative process or just making anything in general, I'm friends with uh, Brian Burke. Um, he was JJ Abrams go-to producer for star Wars, star Trek, alias, all that stuff. We're actually, we're talking about the dragon thing that I was working on a while back, but it's kind of stalled out a little bit. Anyway, um, he said, he gave me this phrase. It's like, sometimes you just will things into existence, Dude. you know, and that's, you know, the tattoo of my left arm is Harold and the purple crayon. And it says create. And that's the thing is, you know, like it, the, the thing I tell my wife about, you know, with the, the properties that she's working on, I'm like, it's better to have one or two things that are at 80 to 90% than 15 things that are at 15%. You know, and sometimes you got to know when to double down, you know, and I, 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 I luckily signed with a Grandview uh, agency in Los Angeles. Um, and they, you know, they're the ones who facilitate the meeting with a certain streaming service for Scrapper. And I'm like, OK, I, I told them, I'm like, guys, I have many other IPs that I'm working on, other ones that my wife's working on. We have a story um, that's uh, called Effigy. Uh, there's a 1970s movie, but with Farrah Fawcett. 
uh, TV movie about, about her with her alcoholic abusive husband uh, called The Burning Bed. And he gets drunk one night again, and she basically sets bed sets the bed on fire because he was abusing the shit out of her. And I basically, we, my wife and I wrote you know a short story for that based on kind of that premise, but for the cosplay generation, right? right. So um, you know, it's that's another quick tangent is there's a book I'd recommend called Hit Hitmakers, and it basically says that what you can do is in order to one of the the keys to the formula of success is to find something that people know and then twist it slightly. You know, the example I always use is Mandalorian. Mandalorian's a fucking Western. You know, uh, Star Wars was a retelling of the, the the old movie Hidden Fortress, right? So that's one of the things is, you know, like you don't want to be too different. You don't want to be too weird. You know, like Pacific Rim is, you know, it's a kaiju movie, but it's, it had a really nice twist on it, right? I have the theme music in my head. Not enough, Pol- not Pol- Polar Destroyer is essentially a polar bear, but Terminator and Rambo, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> do you well, uh, Jazz ahead. Jackrabbit was Rambo Rabbit, right? There you go. Do you own the the IP for the Palace of Deceit? I never even filed for anything for that. And that is a really, really deep callback, man. <laughs> you should reboot that as a comic book. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. man. Like, <laughs> He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want that. Um, uh, just that's all the, the fun fact, though, about Jazz Jackrabbit is I'm still getting royalty checks on that. So, dude, that's that's Shut- that's Shout great. out to GOG.com, goodoldgames.com. I think I have, I'm pretty sure I have, there's like two, it's episodic, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have the first two on there, somewhere on there. Um, oh, cool, thank you. <laughs> so Raleigh, right? Like also yeah. how many, how many like people live in Raleigh of your stature? Like it's gotta be crazy, right? I mean, you're not far I, from I, us. I joke that I'm a D-list celebrity in a D-list town. Uh, um, Raleigh's cool, dude. It's 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 really on the up and up, um, and you know the real estate prices have shown it. It's like oh your your house is worth yeah. this, and I'm like okay, well what if I sell it? Do I have to move to like Zebulon? I don't fucking know, right? <laughs> and the thing is, it's like you have to when if you're someone of note in a small town like this, and it, it is small, right? It, you have to be careful with your actions. Like my mm-hmm. wife and I like like a drink. We established that in Act One. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is. <laughs> Once the one of us gets a little bit tipsy, it's like we need to fucking go because people talk, and then it becomes the whole like I saw that that beer garden video game guy at the bar, and he was hammered. He was doing like this Rick and Morty voice, like "Hey Morty," right? <laughs> and I'm really like, good, so. you have to uh, you got you got to watch your shit. But the thing is, is um, I told my wife, I'm like, look, you know, we're we're like mini celebrities in the small town. It sounds so douchey to say that. But she's I mean, been but like, it's, re- it is. You are. You earned it. You've earned it. You made it. You know. You well, did. She's it. just. She's been leaning into her like punk style. You know. So it was so like she um, going to NC Comic Con yesterday. You know, me being dressed as kick ass, her being dressed as hit girl. The outfit that she made herself. It was so fucking fun and cool. And uh, I told her, I'm like, you know, you have a role to play now in this town. You know, he wrote me into this and she wrote me into this. Right. And, uh, you know, especially when we go to like one of my establishments like the beer garden and I sing like an idiot. And uh, yeah, so it's it's there's, you know, with great power, power comes great responsibility. You know, and the, the whole line from, you know, Scrapper that says, you know, we can't control where we're from, but we can control where we're going, I think, is our version of with great power comes great responsibility. So, yeah, I love this fucking town. Um, you know, I live in a big, dumb house and I, we have a change of seasons. Uh, our, you know, we're, our downtown is, is popping. Um, I, you know, we get some really good restaurants. And, you know, the problem with Raleigh right now is the fucking word got out. 
So like, you know, so many people, so many people you meet are from Florida or New York because they're tired of the New York winters or they're tired of the crazy Florida bullshit. You know, Florida man, my favorite, my favorite. A lot of people like moving in from, I forget what they said, like up north, like California area, like that area. It's like a lot of people are moving towards Tennessee and I don't know why, but. Where are you guys based on? We live live in Knoxville. He's from Knoxville. I'm not from Knoxville. My wife's from here, but that's how I'm not not technically from. Doesn't matter. Regardless, you're in a. You're from the fucking boondocks of nowhere. But but I I did hear that accent come out. Yeah, my wife. My wife's from here. Yeah, yeah. So real quick story about Raleigh that I love to tell people is that uh, one of my uh, favorite stories is when I was out and I was single and I was talking to this pretty little Southern girl, and she's like, "I don't make it out to the big city that often," and I'm like, "Yeah, I only make it out to New York City." Two or three times a year. Because I'm talking about Raleigh. <laughs> That's the other thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm the other, the next industry I want to try and infiltrate is stand up comedy. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a fucking art form. I've somehow become friends with a whole bunch of them. Uh, you know, I, I got to go backstage with Doug Stan, hoping get fucked up with him a, a while back. I got to go backstage with uh, Sam Burrell and drink with him. Uh, became friends with Erica Rhodes. Like, you know, I'm Patton again. Like, it's just. You know, I think it's because I did I did Rogan three times back in the day before Rogan got his fuck you money podcast money. Right. Um, and uh, I just, you know, I'll go to like, you know, good nights, which is our local club, like, you know, maybe once a week or occasionally the improv in Cary. They call it the Raleigh improv, but no, it's in Cary. Cary's uh, basically like like Raleigh, but really much, much more milk toast. You know, like yeah. it's 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 getting better, but it's got a really good pizza place there. But still, um yeah, I just, uh, you know, I like to stay in my bubble, you know, Durham's on the up and up too. And uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably going to die in this house. I, I love this home. It's perfectly designed. Uh, you know, I, I work with an interior decorator. Uh, whenever I give a tour, everything in here is personal for the missus and I. And um, it's one of those things, you know, I don't have a fucking man cave because I think fucking man caves are bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like I call them a spanctuary. Like if you... <laughs> It's fine. If you if, if you need to like have a space in the garage like some shitty like '90s sitcom, then you fucked up with the woman you married. That's right, I said it. <laughs> Where's that? What's the? Uh, I know you're you got a heart out here in like five minutes. What's uh? What's the best place to eat in Raleigh? Um, any Ashley Christensen restaurant. She's uh, she won the James Beard Award a while back. Uh, there's Pools Diner. Um, there's uh, oh, uh, Brewery Bavana. Uh, it's a fantastic place. They brew their own beer, but it's not even about the beer for me. I, I quit drinking beer because beer was making me fat. Um, they have the most amazing dim sum I've I've had like almost anywhere. Um, and then uh, you know uh, Del Forno Pizza over uh, on Chatham Street and Cary is the best pizza I've had in the state. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know Sushi Oku. Uh, uh, there's just we eat out almost every night. In case you couldn't tell, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Well, I, our fucking dishwasher's broken, okay? I, I, I <laughs> Why fix it? There's no, no point. <laughs> it's a Viking. This shit's expensive. It's been a very expensive year. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, what's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, to, you got to read the crowd with karaoke. It's an art form. So oh, if, if it's yeah, if it's uh, predominantly a bunch of white girls, uh, you go, with, well, which is good for business, by the way, because <laughs> it, it brings in the boys like, hey, can I get you a beer? How about some dick? Um. <laughs> You go with, uh, you know, Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood and then Mr. Brightside. But you never open with like, Mr. Brightside. That's that's yeah. a later in the evening thing. You get it. Gone out of my cage yeah. and I've been doing just fine. Right. And then uh, uh, if it's a predominantly African-American crowd, you can do some hip hop. 
that's that's making a brash assumption, right? But if you do something, you obviously don't say the word. Never. No, Otherwise, yeah, your no. your ass is your ass is getting beat. And then if it's a country crowd, you do like she thinks my tractor sexy. That's probably really turns no, it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, when in doubt, uh, you know, I'll do bust a move. This series of jam for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell us. Get shot down because you're overzealous. Play hard to get in females. Get jealous. Like, I can do that motherfucker verbatim. Oh, and then this is how we do it. I'll tell Jordan. <laughs> this oh, yeah. is how we do it. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's, it's um, just, real quick, final note on karaoke. I always, whenever I go to, like, uh, you know, karaoke, you know, in my establishments or any place, I just... I'm like, you gonna sing? You gonna sing? People are like, oh my I just couldn't. Oh my god! I'm like, dude. As I said earlier, life's too short. Let me buy you a beer. Sing some shit. Um, <laughs> absolutely. So, in closing, before we go, we didn't get to talk about Scrapper all that much. I'm sorry, but you got that hard out. Um, I, I, I got five minutes. All right. Oh, my dogs are going crazy. If you can tell, we can't, um, we can't even hear them. So it's, all good. <laughs> it's fine. So, like, obviously, the catalyst to do Scrapper was unfortunately because your your dog got sick and i don't think i mean i think we take dogs for granted uh this is a big dog household here man um and i i experienced something i had i had a bulldog for 12 years man his name was winston churchill and uh unfortunately (laughs) yeah man unfortunately he like we had to put him down in april and like that's not that's not something that like you ever like think about when you get a dog like it's not it's not fair man like you only get like 12, 14 years tops with these, with these creatures that just love you no matter what. And like I experienced for the first time in my life, true depression. I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing that it took me 34 years to get there, but like legitimate depression. Like I just like, even, even with like a a six-year-old, five-year-old at that time, but like, like it was just crazy. And then like for you to sort of, use that as kind of like the, the jumping off point, like it, you know, the, the, the origins, if you will, of like what scrapper then becomes like, how did you manifest that sort of like negative energy to turn around and flip it into something that ultimately here you are, you know, with a six issue comic book series. I believe that feelings are like rivers or tributaries where you, you can take them and redirect them uh, for better or for worse. Maybe it's healthy. Maybe it's not. Maybe you need to, you know, get back in therapy, but I took the, the sorrow from losing teddy bear there's the shrine again um and my wife to the year of spontaneous crying stopped um because for the record it's healthy for dudes to cry sure. um for sure she, uh my wife found this pomsky uh and she was just it was love at first sight and i decided i was going to take the grief of losing my, my buddy bear and i was going to redirect it into love of lady like and i have a rule with lady she has a ball that she loves and no matter what the fuck i'm doing if she brings the ball to me to throw it, I will put down whatever whatever I'm doing and just throw it for her. Because, you know, I, I quote in the book, you know, I think it was the George Carlin bit, uh, life is a series of dogs. And then Louis C.K. saying, when you get a dog, it's just a countdown to heartache. And I, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate every moment I get with my, my little floofs. And, you know, I'm on a two-dog cycle now. So lady, uh, lady's four, but Evie's uh, about to turn 12. So that clock's ticking and I hug her like every day and, you know, I tell her like, stay with me. I'm not ready to lose you. Yeah. You know? It's fucking unfair, dude, man. Like it's just, it, it's, it, it's, that is one of the worst. The dog is one of the greatest things in the world, but it's also one of the worst things in the world. So yeah, like, yeah. like there's people, I, yeah, there's I'm getting people, a little misty. 
<laughs> there's people I know that like don't have dogs, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how do you go your whole life? <laughs> well, dude, what I what what I do is like anytime I'm in public and I see a dog, like I have to fucking pet it. And I, but I, of course, with consent, I'm like, can I pet your dog? Oh my goodness, can I say hi? I always ask first, yeah. And if if he, if he saw in one of the other issues, um, you know, Scrapper has this collar that gives him other abilities, and I, my wife crafted the fucking thing, and we went into public. And I'd be, I'd ask nicely to 99% of the people. I'm like, can I put this collar on your dog and get a photo? And it even lights up. Can I, it's for this That's comic so cool. book. It's for this comic book that I made. Um, and it's, you know, now all these dogs are like in the comic. Like we actually put them in like the backscatter. I think this is the term that they use. So, um, yeah. So I, I'm really just, the thing is, is, you know, yeah, I like to eat, but I really hope I make an impact on people. And I hope, you know, my heart felt tragedy of losing my dog and then reforming that into a dog superhero comes through and I help, you know, people see that it has heart and there's uh, more to come about upcoming issues. Plug, plug, plug. Yes. Please go out and buy it. One last thing before you leave. We're big, we're big proponents of like mental health and, and all that as you, if you can't already tell, but like what advice do you have for people to like, to have that pursuit of happiness and not to let the, you know, life and everything else bring them down. Like how do you maintain, that the level at which you go i mean how do you how do you keep it going uh, know when to stay off of glowing rectangles like computers phones tablets all that shit like in social media is meant to be divisive it doesn't help with mental health um with women it's a non-stop competition you know especially you know like you know you're a woman who you know happens to like klondike bars and you're going through the checkout line and there's the woman who works out eight days a week uh on the cover of shape magazine and that makes you feel insecure uh, then you feel like you have to get plastic surgery. Men are insecure about their dicks and and money. Um, so, if you're feeling down, uh, see if you you know people talk shit about big pharma, but sometimes you need to find the right balance of meds. Uh, watch this, not too much, and then uh, you know surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when you enter the room. Don't allow negative people to keep you down, and get get a good night's sleep and uh, exercise and. Uh, you know, it's we're all trapped inside this and big, being a big, big fan of Buffy, the vampire slayer. The hardest thing about this world is just living in it. Dude, I couldn't God. have said it better myself. Thank you. Um, Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. So Thank you. 